Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Hashtag Gen Z. I'm your host, Megan Grace. Welcome back. This is episode 16 of Hashtag Gen Z. I truly could spend multiple episodes talking about technology's influence on Generation Z, especially how modern digital technology has influenced how they connect, learn, and navigate the world. From mobile devices and social media to wearable technology, Generation Z is no stranger to a tech-integrated lifestyle. But in this episode, we're exploring a new reality of technology. Virtual reality, that is. Truthfully, until a few months ago, I didn't know much about virtual reality beyond the fact that it has been used for video games and mostly involved headsets. I think I can count on one hand, maybe even less than that, the amount of times I've actually used virtual reality technology. So when I met Avery Wagger at South by Southwest EDU in March, I had a lot of questions, and I'm thankful for his patience in helping me learn more about this new frontier of technology that will certainly influence Generation Z and all generations as technology continues to grow and evolve. Avery Wagger is a sophomore at Ballard High School, where he focuses his studies on computer science and digital filmmaking. He's been a virtual reality developer since 2016, and he's the founder and president of his high school's virtual reality club. He won the award for best overall engineering project in 2016 and 2018 for the Seattle Public Schools for his virtual reality astronomy simulator, AstroVR. Avery is not just incredibly skilled in the virtual reality and technology space, he's passionate about helping other young people engage with this technology. He serves as a student representative for the Information Technology Advisory Committee for Seattle Public Schools. He also serves as a virtual reality development instructor for Chick Tech, which is a year-long series of workshops and mentoring opportunities for young women in the Puget Sound area to gain hands-on experience with technology and exploring technology-based careers. I have no doubt in my mind that Avery will utilize technology to build something that changes our world for the good. So I'm excited to have him share his story so we can all learn a little bit more about virtual reality and the technology that Generation Z uses. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today, Avery Wagger. I was so lucky to actually meet Avery at South by Southwest EDU a few months ago, and we just met at one of the opening parties, and he started talking about all the cool stuff that he does in virtual reality. And being someone who thought they knew computers, I was completely wrong until I started talking with Avery, who... Honestly, we have so much to learn from, and so I'm excited to to kick off today's conversation. I'm actually going to turn it over to Avery so he can share a little bit about who he is and um, and what he's doing in this space. So welcome, Avery. Hi. Yeah. Um, 
I started I started getting into the VR community here in Seattle um, a couple years ago when I took a Unity 3D course, which Unity is a game engine, um, and you can use it to create VR experiences, video games, applications, whatever. And after I took the course, they put my little game I made in a couple hours into VR, and it just kind of blew my mind. And from there, I went to a whole bunch of different meetups and met a whole bunch of really cool people in the industry. When I entered high school, I started the VR club uh, at Ballard High School. Um, and that's one of the reasons how I ended up at South by Southwest and met you, Megan. So so Avery, you talk about virtual virtual reality technology. And let's be com- I just want to be completely honest with you. It is still a little bit of a foreign concept to me. And I know that some of my listeners who are educators and people that are of older generations um, might also feel the same way. So my only experience with virtual reality technology is that I have nephews that are around your same age. You, you all would actually probably get along really well. Um, they got virtual reality sets for Christmas one year. And they're like, Aunt Meg put this on. Mostly because I think they wanted to make fun of me. Um, but for for us that might not live in this space like you do, what exactly is our virtual reality technology? So virtual reality is a subset of extended reality. And that's kind of a classification of immersive technology. Um, virtual reality is a display form uh, and really a human interface like format where you are more immersed into a virtual space than you would say using a mouse keyboard and monitor um and you use a hmd which is a head mounted display and it has kind of two lenses and you get one for each eye and it kind of lets you really feel like you're in a virtual space you usually have hand controllers which lets you interact uh with virtual objects and it gives you this feeling of presence, which you can't have in really almost any other format or interaction with a computer. Um, there's a couple others under the extended reality umbrellas, such as augmented reality, where it's more like adding holograms to the space around you, or mixed reality, where you can see parts of your real world in virtual reality. So um, that's kind of a high level overview of all the different subs, uh, subjects that we might talk about. I wish you could see my face on the other end. I feel like I'm <laughs> I'm mostly just trying to wrap my brain around all of this. And maybe I just need to hang out with some VR a little bit more. Um, but I guess I just use that old school, old tech, just on a computer kind of reality. And it sounds pretty boring. So you mentioned that you got started in working with virtual reality technology through developing a game. Is that correct? Kind of walk us through... Uh, your journey with virtual reality technology um, from the very beginning, oh. if you wouldn't mind. All right. Um, so I ended up taking uh, that Unity course that I mentioned. Um, and after I'd built a little soccer game, which I controlled with my keyboard, um, one of my instructors kind of showed me how to put it into uh, a VR world. So I was still using the keyboard, but I had a VR headset and I was looking around and I could see, see the um, field below me. And the ball's moving around as I, like, use the keyboard. And so it gave me this feeling of presence that, like, oh, this is something that where I am. Like, I'm right here in my game that I made. Um, and it was something that really wanted me, uh, it inspired me to go out and kind of see what I could do with this. So I f- took a couple more classes from uh, those guys um, who kind of become a mentor for me now. Um, and so after I took those unity classes uh i ended up at a hackathon and this hackathon 
um, for those of you who don't know, is a coding competition that tends to last uh, 48 to 72 hours, where people pitch ideas to the rest of the members, and then people form teams and spend like their weekend or break like building uh, cool apps and games. And then at the end, they get judged by like industry professionals, and you can win money, like and gift cards and other other things. So I ended up at a VR hackathon. Um, and I had a hard time getting on a team, so I ended up getting on a team with a whole bunch of other students, and we built this cool sword fighting game, um, and it just really, in 48 hours, like, especially, um, and I, I've been thinking about this for a while, is that, like, we spend a lot of our time kind of learning, um, in school, and you, it's a really stretched amount of time, like, you spend, 11 years of your life like talking about the same four subjects and when you go to a hackathon it's like a drinking a red bull when it comes to kind of the rate that you are learning at right um and you learn so much so quickly that it just it's it's exhilarating so i've been to about nine hackathons now but um shortly after like my third hackathon um i mentioned my eighth grade year um I started working on a science fair project, uh, and I really wanted to do something with VR. So I went to my science fair teacher, and I asked him if he would be willing to let me build something in VR. And I ended up kind of settling on this idea to build um, a Stardom, which is a tool we kind of use um, at our at, back in my middle school, where you could kind of look at all the stars and you'd go into this like big gray dome. It was kind of cool, but I wanted to build that in VR. So I ended up spending the next three months building this VR project and I ended up winning uh, both my school competition and the district competition. From there, I met a lot of really cool people who were really excited about VR at the time. Um, and right, and since that was kind of around the end of my school year, I, I kind of reached out to them and we, I did a lot more hackathons that summer and it was, it was really awesome. And I learned a lot. So then my ninth grade year, when I started in high school, I started the BVR club at my high school and it stands for Ballard virtual reality. Um, I go to Ballard high school, so it's fitting. And at the BVR club for the first, I don't know, three fourths of the year. So most of the year, all we did was talk about VR. We didn't have anything to show for it. Um, I would maybe bring in my personal headset and see if we could get it to work, which was kind of an off chance. And so finally, with the help of my club advisor, uh, who you, I don't think you met at um, South by Southwest, but uh, she helped me get some like donations and we ended up buying a VR capable computer. So from there, we started having VR at more regular meetings and that kind of attracted, like the, the student kind of led uh, portion of the club started attracting people like Oculus, and I can tell you a bit about that later. But I ended up starting in a partnership with Oculus, and I ended up at South by Southwest, and I met you, and now we're hanging out. We're talking about VR. Now here we are. I just want to say that I think um, your eighth grade and my eighth grade were very different um, in the sense that when I went to computer class, we were learning how to use like Excel. 
and Microsoft Word. And like some of these were very groundbreaking and you were creating the solar system um, in a virtual reality. So I think about how much technology has changed and evolved. Um, And I'm kind of laughing over here um, on my end because you're like, yeah, I was learning to code. And I was like, the extent of my coding was on MySpace. Do you even know what MySpace is? Have you heard of it? I know what MySpace is. Have you heard of this? Yes. That's where our kids, uh, when I was a teenager, we had to learn how to code and then we forgot all of that. Um, So I always joke when I hear like, young people today that are like coding at, at your age and even younger. And I was like, well, I had to do it because I needed to get my profile in tip top shape. You all are doing it probably to save our world. So different lives. So I love that you have been able to integrate VR into your schooling and, and really found what I imagine was an extracurricular kind of hobby and passion into what you're doing in school and that you found support um, within your high school uh, to, to pursue this even further. And so I, I was able to listen a little bit in uh, at your South by session, which I thought was great, but I'd love to talk about how virtual reality has impacted your school experience and specifically learning. Like how has that broadened what you're able to do in school? So that that's an interesting question because uh, what we started with the VR club really kind of took a turn and started moving into the classroom a lot faster than I think any of us like had estimated or ever thought it would. And the funny part of that is that I've only used VR um, in any of my classes uh, other than computer science once, and that was my history class. But whenever I go into the library, um, I see uh, Miss Chambers like rallying kids and putting VR headsets on them, and they're using it to like learn content. Um, and there's been a lot of studies recently about how virtual reality like affects how we retain information. Um, and it, it prove it's kind of proven that when you're really immersed in a, a event or a subject and you're kind of you have that feeling of presence like that you're there and this thing's happening, you tend to remember what happens to you. Um, a lot more than you would if, say, your teacher was giving a lecture or you were watching a documentary on Netflix. I mean, it, it just really changes how we, like, perceive these events, right? And so it's a really powerful tool um, for teaching kind of topics uh, in school. And so we used it in a bit more of a touchy subject, and we were learning about World War II and the Holocaust. So I won't dive into what what we did in VR, but it was a really powerful tool. Um, and I think it's having leaving a lasting effect on a lot of students at our school um, and hopefully a lot of students kind of in the whole scheme of things. That's a such an interesting thing that you brought up the, about the immersive nature of it because our research that we've been doing on Generation Z, you, you and your friends, is that your generation prefers this immersive learning. And it's not that previous generations didn't, but we have all these different tools that are afforded to to be able to provide that. And we've found, and again, we are studying some some people that are a little bit older than you. And, and this preference for video-based learning was so prominent that like people are going to YouTube to learn new skills and people are w- wanting video-based tutorials. And kind of what I'm hearing from you and what I'm listening to you is that virtual reality technology could be that even next level of immersive learning, even beyond video-based learning. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is, is that true? I mean, I can't imagine learning about you know, events in history through VR and feeling like you can be there. Cause like previously you just had to like kind of uh, imagine what it would be like, or maybe go to like a war reenactment or something like, like that, not being able to feel like you were there and, and feel the human impacts of that. 
So um, one of the really cool VR experiences uh, is Google Earth VR, um, which takes your Google Earth and then you can really start traveling in VR. And it really, it's really detailed and you can definitely feel like um, you're there. And you mentioned historical events and uh, there's a lot of 360 video, um, which is really prominent on, like you mentioned, uh, YouTube and kind of like people wanting like video learning. Uh, 360 video a lot of teachers have been making playlists to share with students um in the headsets and there's a lot of um like educational content for history with the vr headsets and you can definitely learn about something a lot faster um, and understand kind of those historical events in a much more like prominent and deep way than you would just like with a lecture that, I mean, I can't even imagine again, like this is still said, like I'm sitting here, I don't want to say dumbfounded, but I am like very curious. And I think this is incredible. And I get really fired up when I hear that there's really cool ways to teach young people how to learn. Cause some people would say history, oh, so boring. You just read books, right? No, this is, I think a really cool way that we could re-energize young people around some, some topics that might not be um, as seemingly on the surface as exciting. So I mm-hmm. think that there's so much promise with this and I hope that we're able to find ways to, to make it affordable and accessible for more educational spaces to have these, because it sounds like what you and your fellow students are able to do is really bringing it to the next level. And that's something I really think is awesome. So kudos to you for doing that for your high school and bringing that into kind of the culture. So um I'm sure other people are really interested in this. Um, If you had to boil it down, what do you think? You know, we've kind of talked about the immersive learning component of it, but what do you think are some of the biggest benefits of virtual reality technology? Um, So yes, you mentioned the immersion. That's a big one. But the, another part of it is kind of, especially for people who haven't done a lot of VR before, is that like when they put on the headset for the first time, there's just a lot of shock and awe that goes on and people really kind of adapt to it quickly because um, when it comes to like trying to training people to use VR, um, at least the students, right? I mean, like you, you mentioned that like you guys were doing Microsoft Word and stuff. Uh, you have to learn how to use those tools. But with VR, um, especially for some of the more intuitive like controllers and ways you can interact with the app, it's, it's just like being there. And so uh, the onboarding process, a lot of the time is much more simplified than it would be for um, trying to make a slideshow in PowerPoint or some of the other tools that are common in like kind of the digital classroom, I guess. And so being able to really quickly have someone be immersed in something is powerful. The ability to have this platform this, this medium almost to have a whole like a wide variety of content across multiple subjects in this kind of similar if not exactly the same format and way for interacting with them and it really just pe- brings people kind of into what they're learning because everything feels so natural about it and i think there's a lot of like applications of xr um as well uh like including augmented reality for education and what for those who are it is me. It is not for those who don't know. For me, what is XR? Like I mentioned, XR is extended reality. Mm, okay. It's kind of short, uh, like how we call virtual reality VR and augmented mm-hmm. reality AR. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of that umbrella term, just the acronym for it. Oh, I didn't know if there was another acronym I was missing. So I really do think that there is this really interesting component of your generation 
in the fact that you probably you definitely have the most advanced integrated technology that any generation has ever experienced. Like I think that the way that we've exponentially changed technology even in 20 years is is incredible and it, it's a huge shaping factor of your generation. How do you see VR being a part of your kind of Gen Z peer culture? Do you see it as a part of your Gen Z peer culture? Does it have a potential future of growth in that area? I, I definitely think it does. Um, with VR, uh, sixed off standalones like the Oculus Quest, and sixed off means you can move around and it'll track like your movement, mm. not just your head position. That'll push VR further into the mainstream. But you can also see a lot of applications of XR today. Um, and what's interesting is a lot of times people won't really notice that they're using XR. Like, uh, for instance, Snapchat filters, like where it kind of puts something over your face. That's an example of augmented reality. And that's become really popular with like our generation. And then there's a lot of, I, I have a feeling that a lot of it is going to be coming in the next couple of years. We're all, we're like right on the verge of kind of VR, kind of like and XR and AR or MR, all kind of converging into this like one tool and platform where people um, can really like immerse themselves in like a virtual or digital world. Similar to like, I mean, I think that in the next twenty years, it's no longer going to be a smartphone. It's going to be a pair of glasses that you wear on your face. I think screens kind of are going away, or at least they will be. I'm like, feel like what you just said, I'm living in like a futuristic uh, sci-fi movie of what you're describing, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep you close so you can guide me through this because it's going to be a lot. So beyond VR, which you've kind of talked about how it's, it's kind of starting to permeate into Gen Z culture and ways that we might not even notice. Like I had no idea that a Snapchat filter and Instagram, like, uh, like the face filter on some of them would be considered an augmented reality. I just thought that that was really cool. <laughs> so what are some of the other prominent, like what are the prominent technological tools that you see are kind of on the rise maybe, or that are really prominently used by Generation Z? So my reply might be a little biased because I'm a, like a lot more immersed in the more technical side of things uh, with my programming and filmmaking experience. But I think that there's a big, big part of it is kind of, both using like computers and technology to share information and their learning in the classroom. Um, and then at the same time, it's about having a connection with people. Social media has kind of taken over and it a, has a big part of like our, our generation's lives. And I think also going back to VR, that social VR experiences are going to really be the next iteration of like social media, uh, like being able to be in a VR experience with someone else and, talk with them and like hand gestures face gestures like that really like immersive digital world or meeting space um actually so would that be like facetiming but in vr like in theory you and i could meet up in a virtual reality coffee shop and have this conversation as opposed to yeah uh, i was on um another podcast uh actually at south by southwest where i did the podcast in vr and so I was meeting with uh, Matt Chacon, and he he does some cool VR like podcasts as well. I was in a virtual meeting space called Roomy, uh, and I could see him, and he could see me, and I was moving my hands, and he could see me moving my hands, and like I could use emojis, and we had a whiteboard in VR where we could share web pages, and um, it was it was really cool. But the future 
of of that is going to just be able to like I, I have a feeling that like kind of the gaming ex- aspect and the social aspect and all of it's kind of going to convulge into this one very similar experience where you could be meeting with someone in a virtual world ex- experience and you're wearing a VR headset while they're wearing an AR headset and they just see a hologram of you, but you see them kind of in this more immersive state. I think it's all going to like kind of mix and merge together and people are really going to feel presence with one another um, regardless of distance, right? And so Another thing we've been doing at the VR Club is working with Franklin High School, which is um, Ballard High School is in kind of North Seattle, and almost on the other end of the city, uh, Franklin High School is down in South Seattle, and we've been working uh, through VR experiences, social experiences like Alt Space or Rec Room. We've been able to collaborate and like kind of ha- like have these relationships and being able to talk to people that we probably wouldn't have ever met or nonetheless like play chess with right um in our lives other than this ability to communicate through this virtual world um and i think it's going to do a really good job bringing people together and connecting the world globally again i'm sitting over here just completely with my brain blown because it is just I'm trying to imagine all of this and I'm so thankful that we have people like you that are going to be able to help all of us like navigate this and uh, bring this to life because I I do, I think it's, it's so incredible the things that we could do with technology Um, and the component of connection that you bring up is I think going to be really important. And as much as we feel divided in a lot of different ways, I think it could be a way that we, we bring together people of different communities that would have, as you've mentioned, never been able to meet or hang out or spend time together um, in any other setting. So I love that. Well, Avery, I learned so much from you and I probably going to need like technology tutoring down the road. So I might have to hire you out, but, um, I ask this of every one of my guests. It's one of my favorite things to hear. What is your favorite thing about your generation Z peers? Hmm. Good question. I really think, and I don't know, this might just be kind of with everyone, but I think the ability to communicate both cross distances and not both in person and online being able to communicate with one another um i don't know it's kind of always been a little awkward but i think people have gotten pretty good at it online i I think it's it's true i think that in some ways, if, if I had to believe it, you know, you said that sometimes in person can be awkward, but I think that there's a, a tenacity to reach out to people in online settings that your generation's really good at and finding and building relationships with people that they would have never otherwise. And I think that that actually humanizes a lot of the online experience and finding connection in places we wouldn't have thought. And so I like that. I And I've found that now I get to hang out with some Gen Z in digital spaces and they're some of the best like supporters, cheerleaders, pump you up kind of people. So I'm a big fan of y'all. So keep it up. Keep up all the good stuff. Well, Avery, this has been beyond informing for me. And I got a lot of learning to do. I'm excited to do that though. I want to thank you for for hopping on, having a conversation and sharing. Really, you are an expert in this area. And I'm really excited to see uh, not only where you take this within your high school career, but where this takes you in in life um, and what you're going to do with all of this, because we're going to definitely need technological leaders like you. So thank you so much for being here and sharing a little bit. Thank you, Megan. No, this was awesome. Thank you again to Avery for sharing his story and experiences with virtual reality. He's definitely one of the smartest people I know, and I'm excited to watch his future unfold. 
I'm thankful for his knowledge in the VR space, but also for his ability to explain these highly technical concepts in everyday language that most people can understand. He's truly gifted in computer science, and I feel like he's going to invent something that'll change our world for the better. And of course, thank you for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We're nearing the mid-season point for season two of Hashtag Gen Z, and you don't want to miss out for what's in store. And your reviews and feedback helps me improve the show and helps other listeners find the show. The show is all about learning about and from Generation Z while sharing their stories. So if you have a topic you would like to learn more about or know of a member of Generation Z that I need to connect with, head over to my website, meganmgrace.com, and send me a note. You can also connect with me on social media at meganmgrace on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Thanks again for hanging out. Let's continue this conversation, and we'll chat soon. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon.